till you get to church. Don't wait till you get to church to get your shout on. You can shout in your living room. You can shout in your bedroom. You can shout where you are right now. Go ahead and give God a praise where you are right now and let him know I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Yes, Lord, we love you, God. I feel the anointing in this place. I feel the anointing in this place. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Would y'all play for me one more time? Come on, come on. I love you. Worship with us at home. we love you more than anything. We ask that you would have your way today. Speak afresh in this place. Cause us to be moved by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you can't feel the spirit, you need to check your pulse. Have somebody run up to you real quick because something's wrong with you. From the book of Jonah, chapter 4, read in your hearing so ably by Elder Wade. There it is, verse 6 and 7 says, This so the Lord God prepared a plant, and it grew up over Jonah to be shade over his head, to spare him from discomfort. And Jonah was extremely happy about the protection of the plant. 
but God prepared a worm when morning dawned the next day and it attacked the plant and it withered. When the sun came up, God prepared a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he fainted and he wished to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, do you have a good reason to be angry about the loss of the plant? And he said, I have a very good reason to be angry, angry enough to die. The Lord said, you have compassion on the plant for which you did not work and which you did not cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. The A portion of verse 11, should I not have compassion on Nineveh? I want to revisit a topic we've been working with, and I want to talk again about God of a second chance. And this is part six, God of a second chance. Let's ride now. It's interesting to me, those of you who have been keeping up with the wonderful public intellectual known as Dr. Cornell West, it's interesting to see me that on his second time around at Harvard, he's having a very different experience or maybe the same experience repeated under different circumstances. Dr. West was once a noted distinguished professor of Harvard. While there, he was a full tenured professor, left Harvard for Princeton as a full tenured professor, left Princeton for Union as a full tenured professor, came back to Harvard recently, and that's Dr. West on the side there. Dr. West and I met back in the early 80s as he was just finishing his PhD work and I was just entering into Yale Divinity School. What a wonderful, awesome man he is. A public intellectual. What's interesting about his situation right now is that Harvard has disrespected him by not offering him tenure, instead offering him a 10-year contract, more salary, but not the prestige and honor of a distinguished professor that he deserves. The doctoral students there at Harvard got together and they wrote a letter, a public letter about Dr. Quest, and they said to the people here, now that he's threatened his departure the second time, he, they wanted the university to go forward and consider his tenure. Now, <clears throat> West's response was something simple. He says, after being a, at Yale, Harvard, Princeton, and Union Theological Seminary, the recent Harvard denial of tenure process strikes me as a political decision I reject. West wrote, nothing stands in the way of my profound love and solidarity with oppressed people wherever they are. It is Dr. West's contention, and I don't think he's far off, it is his contention that some of the fact that he stood with the poor stands in the picture you just saw with the UAW, with the, with the working class people walking by those who are subjugated to harsh treatment has put him in hot water with persons who don't like his stance on issues of social injustice. West said in his own words, first black scholars are too many, uh, too many others are too often disrespected, devalued, or dismissed. 
He says, second, the fundamental aim of the quest for truth, beauty, and the goodness are too often trumped for the pursuit of donor money, public image, and consumer reputation. What Dr. West is suggesting is that people don't really like to stand on the side of the oppressed. People don't really like to stand on the side of those whose backs are against the wall. And when they stand next to them, they have to realize they will be subjected to whatever treatment those individuals get. And sometimes it is not that pretty. It is difficult for people not to stand on winning ground where other folks stand. It's difficult for people to find in their heart the compassion for the lost, the least, the left out, and the left behind. It's difficult for people to find compassion for the, mad, for the marginalized. It's difficult for people to find compassion for the disinherited. For some reason, it's easy to find compassion for your own. It's not so easy to find compassion for people who don't look like you. So it would be easy for me to talk about black and brown struggles and never mention Asian struggles and to think about how they have been treated in this country at the same time. It would be easy to talk about black American slavery and never mention the fact that Asians were placed in concentration camps after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. It would be easy for me to talk about Jim Crowism and second-class citizenship. It would be easy for me to hear, hear Billie Holiday sing about strange fruit and the hanging of black men and their bodies dangling from ropes without never considering the fact that at one point in California they marched 17 Asian Americans and hung them in the middle of the courtyard and there's a monument that stands there to this day. 17 at one time. It would be easy for me to talk about the devaluation, the demonization, and the dehumanization of black and brown people without ever considering the same for the LBGTQI community. It would be easy for me to consider all the oppression faced by my folk and never consider the Palestinian conflict. It would be easy for me to consider how I'm treated and never worry about how you're treated because my stuff is only stuff that matters. If black lives really gonna matter, everybody has to matter. I can say unequivocally black lives matter because I care about everybody else. It's easy for you to stand on the sideline and not care if all your compassion is only directed toward those whose opinion you agree with. <sighs> you see, when concern is withdrawn, compassion is withheld, ultimately calamity can be weaponized and that which is abhorrent becomes acceptable. See, when your concern for Asians is to withheld, then you can watch an Asian elderly person be knocked to the ground, land on their head, and later die and never think twice about it because you have entered into the same devaluation, demonization, and dehumanization of the other folks within society. We have become like that which we hate the most. 
so that as people move up within the capitalistic society, they no longer care about those who are now beneath them economically because they only look at their own self-aggrandizement and their mindset rests in themselves and not in the other. Stay with me this morning because I have to ask myself, what's going on in Jonah's mind that has him twisted? What's going on in Jonah's mind that, that has him twisted? See, see, see you, you've got to realize some people simply suggest that Jonah is twisted because Jonah is suffering from nationalism. Now, now, we've just seen what nationalism looks like here in America because we had a president who was all into nationalism, withdrew us from the World Health Organization, withdrew us from all of the other organizations where people were working together to heal other folk throughout the world and said, we're going to take care of, quote, unquote, America first. Nationalism is the policy or doctrine asserting to the interests of one's own nation viewed as separate from the interests of other nations or common interests of all nations. Now, we've already seen what that looked at like, and Jonah was not simply some patriotic nationalist looking out for Israel. Jonah's not a nihilism. Uh, nihilism. Nihilism is, is that the total and absolute destruction, especially towards the larger world and even sometimes including oneself. Jonah's not into just killing people for killing's sake. And Jonah's not into negation. Uh, I'm talking about what he's not first. He's not into negation. Negation is that, that negative statement or concept or doctrine, that contradiction and refutal rebuttal. In other words, Jonah is not worried about what you will think about him as a prophet because the prophecy doesn't come to pass. He doesn't worry about that. He's not into that. That's not his issue. What's going on in his twisted mind? I want to suggest that Jonah was in his feelings because of nations. And that simply means this, the lack of knowledge or ignorance. And some of us are in our feelings about other folks' lives because of ignorance. <sighs> Preach, Watts, I'm trying to. Whatever people don't understand what God is up to, they tend to get upset with God. Whenever people don't understand what God is up to, they, they tend to get upset with God. But, but I came to make a report to you today. I came to tell you a word, something that you need to hear. Just because you don't recognize what you're doing, that is your part, as the plan of God doesn't negate the hand of the divine. Jonah, you don't understand your role here. And since you don't understand your role, you think that this is wrong, but you don't know how you fit in to a larger scheme, to a larger plan. Ah, let, let me, I'm gonna I'm work this for a moment. Stay with me, because this is gonna get gooder and gooder. Yeah, yeah, I said it like that, intentionally. Watch this, watch this. Stay with me for a moment. You see, Jonah is missing the mind of God, and that is a proper perspective. 
Jonah's missing the mind of God. He doesn't have the right perspective. He, 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 he's missing it because he can't see right. He don't have the right perspective. I, I tell the story, and let me, let, me, let me digress to tell it again. Years ago, when my, my eldest child, Brittany, was a baby, she, she was crying. She wanted something in, from the cabinet, and she was pointing to it. And I stood up, and I was picking out stuff from the cabinet, trying to make her happy. I hate to hear the kids cry. I wanted to help be helpful, and, and for some reason, my wife wasn't there to help me. So I was on my own. Believe me, that's not a good thing for the kids. So I'm there trying to pick things out. I'm trying to get what it is I think she wants. And the more stuff I pick out, the louder that child got. She was crying to the top of her lungs. Yeah. Oh, Lord, help you, Jesus. Finally, I realized something. She was looking from an advantage point that I didn't have. I was standing up. She was smaller and down low. So I had to get on my knees so I could look up from her vantage point and see y'all missed it went over your head. Sometimes you can't see what God's trying to show you because you're trying to stand up for what you think is right and do what you think is right. You may have to get on your knees. Oh, let me, let me preach a while here today. I feel a preaching here. Listen, listen, listen. Jonah, come here, Jonah. Jonah was sent to foretell, that is to publish, not to foretell, that is to prophesy. Now, now, let me do it again. Uh, you may look this up and you may think the word foretell is misspelled. It is not misspelled. Look here. The word foretell is a transitive verb which means to make public or publish. I'm going to do a little grammar lesson here. So Jonah was sent to make public or publish. God said, you go and say are y'all with me here? But to foretell is to predict or to tell the future before it occurs, and that's prophecy. Prophecy is different from foretelling. There's foretelling and foretelling. Preach a while in here. Prophecy, watch this now is to foretell, is to predict the future. It's to predict the future. Foretell is to disclosure of the end from the beginning. I know y'all still working with me, so you have to ride just a little deeper. We're going to go down this rabbit hole, and I will make sure you come out right. You're going to either take the red pill or the blue pill, but you're going to learn today. One way or the other, you're going to make a choice. Stay with me here. Take with me. The purpose of this foretell is to change an outcome, not to predict an outcome. Preach was Listen. The only reason, Jonah, I'm trying to tell you to go say 
is I want to change an outcome. I don't want you to predict. Oh, man, let me. Come on back. I know some of y'all, you got lost in the weeds, so let me see if I can bring it down one more time, make it clear, trying to get you right there next to me. Come up close to your pastor right now. Let's use COVID-19 as an example. The modeling of the pandemic has been done in an if fashion. So COVID-19, you heard all the modeling, it's been done as an if fashion. Here, here, look at this. If we mask and social distance, then this. You can go on back to school. You can be in the classroom. Everything, everything. We about back getting close to a new normal. But without mask and social distancing, than that. Now we we sitting up trying to drink tea wipe our nose and pray to God it doesn't get any worse Well, we need to be in the hospital. You ain't got these yet. I still ain't made it clear. Come on back. Come on back. With vaccinations, then this. Without vaccinations, then that. Let me help you here. The scientists are not trying to be prophetic. They're looking at probabilities based on data and the data available. <sighs> Let me work one more time. God says, here's the probability. Go warn them, tell them that if something doesn't happen, it's getting ready to get bad. So God says, I prefer it to not to be the outcome as it looks now. God says, I prefer not to destroy you. So Jonah, go and tell. Go and say, go and speak, because my preference is that you do not and you will not be destroyed. <sighs> so, Reverend, thank you very much. I think we got that settled. Then what, what's up with Jonah? Come on back. Let me teach you another lesson, because this is going to mess your, your, your day up right here. Come on. You heard the story read. Jonah leaves the city. Now, now, you may have to read this verse 5 through 10 and 11 again. You read it again and follow me along. Follow me along. I like that phraseology. That, that's my Alabama slipping up on me. Listen, here you go. Jonah, Jonah's there. He leaves the city. He goes, finds a place, and tries to cover himself from the sweltering heat. He tries to shield himself from the heat of the desert. He's sitting there. He's upset. He's mad. He's waiting now to see what's going to happen to Nineveh. So he's sitting there. He's there. And overnight, when he falls asleep, God sends and allows a tree to grow up overnight and be able to stand on its own like Jack and the Beanstalk and rest over his head, provide him with shade and covering from the sweltering heat. Give him a cool place to rest himself. Yeah, 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 give him a place to hang out. And he's there watching and lounging for a moment in the creature comforts 
that God has provided, according to the Amplified Version, so that he would not be discomforted. God provides it. And then the same night, after he goes back to sleep, God provides a worm that comes in and attracts the tree, kills the tree. And the same tree that provided him with covering and coolness and shade has now died. And when he gets up in the morning, the tree is gone. When he gets up in the morning, the protection is gone. When he gets up in the morning, to add insult to injury, the text says God turns up the heat. And then God decides to blow. Wait a minute. And now Jonah gets angry. And now he says, I'm so mad. I could die. If this is how you gonna treat me, you gonna just kill my poor little tree like that? Let my tree die. I'm so mad. I'm ready to give up on all this. I'm give, I'm giving up on religion. I'm giving up on church. Just go take me. And God says to him, "Hey, Joe, can we can we talk?" Can we talk for a minute? Oh, excuse me. Uh, wrong crowd, wrong crowd. God said, Yoni, Yoni, come, come here, come here. Yoni, come, come here. Um, are you really upset about a tree and how the tree came up and all of a sudden died out? Are you really upset about a tree? You, you really, you, you that upset about a tree that you ready to, to die? Yoni, come, come, what, can, can we talk? Are you really gonna tell me you that upset about a tree? I, I, I know you might be into horticulture. I know you might like trees. You might care for them. And you, some of you, I know y'all talk to your trees. You, 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 you like that, that fella in Beverly Hills cop. You, you've got Patagonias that you speak to and you play music for. But it's a tree. I, 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 let me help you, let me help you. Jonah, here's your first problem. You got three main problems. First problem, number one, number one, number one, Jonah, you know, number one, is you have misplaced priorities. <sighs> Liz, you got that right. Listen, you got misplaced priorities. He cared more about the tree than he did the people. You're going to be upset over a tree dying when there's 120,000 innocent folk that are about to die in destruction. You, you upset over one tree and not caring about the people that are, 
wait a minute, what you talking? Yeah, the problem that we have is that too many people get upset over the wrong thing. You get more upset about your car than you do about what's going on in the lives of others. You get more upset that you got the wrong color paint when you're trying to paint your house than you care about the homeless person walking down the street. You get more upset because you didn't get the right meal at dinner than you care about people who had no dinner to eat. You get more upset because they didn't put the right level of quality of octane gas in your vehicle because you need to ride and your vehicle only rides with the premium gas. You get more upset about that than the fact that there are people without shoes walking streets that are cold with nowhere to sleep at night. You got misplaced priorities. You think you wise because you care about stuff and not about people. God said, I care about people. I don't care that they're not Jewish people. I care about people. Let, let, me, let me go new, to New Testament, first 21st century. I care about people. I don't care they're not Christian people. I care about people. I, yeah, yeah, I care about people. I, I don't care. Yeah, 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 I know all you Christians believe we don't want to say, I care about Jews. I care about people. I care about Muslims. I care about people. I care about people. I care about people. You got misplaced priorities. You think more of your stuff than you do of the salvation people. Okay, okay, come on. This is good. The second problem, Yoni, come on back, we got to talk. You have misplaced passion. He cared more about himself and his comfort than the community. John, wait a minute. You talking about this tree that gave you protection. And I know it was important. I know it was a good tree. I know it, it was helpful. But, but that's not the only thing going on here today. You, you are more concerned about your personal welfare than you are about the welfare of others. And see, here's the problem. <clears throat> this might bother somebody, but I just got to be honest. You have to worry about the fact when you catch yourself becoming more selfish and less concerned about others. When you start looking down your long nose at somebody because you got yours and they got to get theirs, and then you start talking about pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and they don't have boots. <clears throat> Come on back, you, you, you might as well help me preach it. You've got to get to work, work, understanding that your creature comfort, your personal welfare is important, but it is not so important that you don't care about the welfare of others. Other people count too. Last point, and I'm going to get out the way. I know I've upset some folk online. I hope y'all still love me in the morning. If not, I know I preach the truth. So I'm going to live with my truth. 
as I see my truth. And if you have a question about my truth, come for my truth, but make sure you come for my Jesus too. Because uh, there's a word here. Watch this, watch this. Yoni, come on back. Because you have a misplaced purpose. He cared more about his personal judgment than divine compassion. He cared more about his personal judgment. Now, now I'm going to come back next week and I'm going to explain to you why. And I'm going to put the foretell and foretell in a whole other context next week. So hang on, stay with me because I got somewhere I'm riding to. Listen, understand something, man. You may look at a situation. Can I just talk in your house right now? And you may look at something <clears throat> and judge it as wrong and judge it as sin. And you may be absolutely right on both counts. But you have to also account for the judgment of God, which is greater than yours. I'll wait. Pick your lip up. You, you've got to understand something. God cares about people. It is because of the Lord's mercy that none of us are consumed. And it is because of his mercy which is renewed every morning that we're even here. Which goes to say that all of us, that includes the most holy, sanctified, tongue-talking, Bible-toting, long-skirt-wearing, Dickie Freeman suit-having-on person, needs mercy daily. You just ain't that good. Because all of our righteousness is no more than filthy rags, which says to me that at best, your righteousness is raggedy. So stop acting like you all that and a bag of chips. You just trying to make it like the rest of us. Jonah, your purpose is not to do anything other than what I told you to do. Because if you do what I told you to do, then I'm going to be able to bless whom I need to bless. Come on back. I'm, I'm, I work this some more next week. I only got a couple more minutes, so let me rock this in. The plant here represents God's grace. And it represents God's sovereignty over grace. The plant represents God's grace and God's sovereignty over grace. What do you mean, Reverend? I mean, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And guess all I can do is be like Joe, bless it. Y'all missed it? Let me, let me do it again. Let me do it again. God can give or take away grace to Gentile or Israelite alike. He can give it, he can remove it. He can give it, he can... Watch. What are you trying to say? Let me, let me do it one more time. I'm going to close here because I see y'all need to get out of here. Listen to me. We're all here 
by God's grace. No better or worse than anybody else. And what you need to recognize is that you have been living your entire life by the grace and mercy of Almighty God. Not because you've been so good, but because God has been good. And the minute you recognize that it's God's grace that keeps you, then you will be able to see other people as needing God's grace as well. The minute you recognize that God has loved you at your worst before he made you to be what you are today, that when you first came to the kingdom of God, you didn't come looking good like you're looking now or praising God like you're praising now or wearing the clothes that you're wearing now or singing the songs that you're singing now. You got those songs after you got your life together, after God kicked you up and turned you around and placed your feet on solid ground. Stop thinking to yourself that you're better than you are. You are living a grace life. And if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, I don't know where we would be. But the grace and mercy of God has kept us. It has been God's amazing grace that has brought us safe thus far and God's grace that will lead us on. But don't just want grace for yourself. Pray for God's grace for others and pray that you can be an extension of the grace of God so that God can get the attention of someone else so that they repent and honor God. That's what grace does. You're living a grace life and never forget it because the moment you forget that you're living a grace life, that's the moment you start thinking you're better than somebody else. But as long as you know, my man Cornell West, I'll close with him again. PhD, undergraduate, Harvard, class 74. PhD, he can walk away, shut his mouth. He's written many books and just make money on the circuit talking. But instead, he's standing with the poor, the dispossessed. Cornell, you could be quiet, man, just shut up. You can have any job you want if you just shut up. If you stop speaking out for the homeless, if you stop speaking out for the working man and woman, if you stop standing with unions, if you stop standing with those that are disenfranchised, man, they'll raise you up, they'll treat you better. If you just walk away from the people that are in the struggle, if you walk away from the faces at the bottom of the well, everybody will love you. But Cornell says, I can't walk away from those faces because those faces are me. I too. I'm at the bottom of the well. I'm just standing here by the grace of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Somebody give God a praise.
love you all with the love of the Lord. I pray that you heard this word. You may have to listen to it again. I know I hit you hard from some places you weren't expecting. So just hang with me. I got more to say, and I want to give it to you. I'll be back again next week. I ain't finished with this yet. I'm going to tear this piece apart and keep working it till we get every bit out of it that God wants to give us. I love you now. I pray that if you've listened to this word today and you're looking for a place to become a partner with, you want people to walk in fellowship with you, to love you on your journey as you're walking in the grace of God, and people who believe in living in God's grace, you'll come join us here at Shiloh. And in joining with us, you'd stand with us in faith in the love of Jesus Christ who will make you brand new. So here it is. You come now. You can become an I member. Call us. Email us. Write us. We want you to be a part of this fellowship. I love you. I want to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for those listening today. Let their ears be attentive to your word so that they will not twist my word, but that my word will represent your word of the grace of a living God. And even as they receive that word, may they receive the Jesus that proves that word by loving those that were left and those that were left behind. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you think about it, Jesus' best friend were working people. They were, they were members of the AFL-CIO uh, Fisherman Union. And <laughs> You'll get it later. I'll talk to you more about it. I want you to love on God. Then I want you right now to get your seed ready. If you notice, since March of last year, offering has been at the end. I don't talk about it a long time. I don't beg. Only thing I do is I remind you the tithe belongs to the Lord. Your seed ought to be given to God. You sow, you shall reap. There'll be seed time and harvest as long as the earth remains. I want to just tell you, get your cash app, your givelify, give as unto God. Not unto me, unto God. The, the stuff is on the screen for givelify, for mail-in, the P.O. Box 929, New London, Connecticut, 06320. Cash app is on there, dollar sign, Shiloh NL. I thank you all who have been contributing weekly to the ministry, and I want to just bless the seed. Father, we thank you for the seed, even as we give our tithes and offering. We give in faith and in confidence of you, and we thank you that you're going to make a miracle as we sow. You're going to bless us in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.